I read John chapter 10, verse 10. I'll start from there. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. I'll read Luke chapter 10, verse 36 to 37. I'm coming back to Luke chapter 10, don't worry. But I was just going to read 36 37. I told you it's a quick word. For, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? I know those two scriptures are unusual combination, but don't worry, you'll get it. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor who fell among the thieves? John 10, 10, the thief comes but to steal, to kill, to destroy. But I have come into the situation that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Luke chapter 10, verse 36. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. The thief comes. But Jesus said, I have come to give life. Then there was a man who was caught up among thieves. Robbed, stolen from, beaten and left out dead. Jesus said, just as I have come to give life, you go and do likewise. Go and give life to that man who has been caught among the thieves. Acts chapter 10, 38 tells us about Jesus Christ that our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good healing them that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Jesus everywhere he went he was doing good. That song says the mighty healer he healed the leper. When the crippled saw him, they started walking. Everywhere Jesus went, he was doing good. Everywhere he was doing good. He was raising the dead, giving life, healing those who were oppressed of the Satan, delivering people, always bringing joy. When Jesus met the Samaritan woman who he wasn't supposed to be speaking to, Jesus engaged the woman. Jesus gave a life to the woman. Jesus spoke to the woman, looked at the woman from a different perspective than people have been looking at this woman. Everywhere he went, he was always doing good. I strongly believe that God wants us to do the same. We are the lights of the word. We should bring light to the lives around us. We should bring life. We should bring light to the lives around us. We should bind the brokenhearted. We should sustain the weary. And you know why? We can do it. Because the grace of God is sufficient for us. We have been graced to give. We have the grace of God to give life and not to give death. We have the grace of God to build and not to pull down. We have the grace of God to sustain and not to diminish. We have the grace of God to heart the lives and not to remove or subtract from them. It is painful, it is me, it is really, really frustrating 
When people get around those who would take from them. People who would reduce your joy. You don't want to come to people and come across people that you feel excited before you came, but after speaking to them, you're flat. There are those that whenever you have a discussion with them, you go from a hop, they right to the floor. They are takers of life, they're not givers of life. There are those that even if you're excited when you talk to them, the excitement evaporates. But we are great to give life. Nobody want to be around someone who, 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 who would leave you in pain and in agony. You want to be with people that when you are sad, they can bring joy and happiness. You want to bring with people that when you are low, they can lift you up, glory to God. You want to be with people that when you are crying, they get you an anchor to wipe the tears and speak words of encouragement into your life. That's the kind of people that everyone wants to be with. But today I'm not just talking about you wanting to be with that person. I want you to be that person. I'm not talking about you, you know, looking for great friends, people who are going to be great, people who are going to do good things to you, people who are going to lift you up when you're crying, people who are going to support you when you're there. That is great. Everybody wants that. But I want you to start being that person. Are you a giver of life? Or a giver of pain? A giver of death? A giver of bitterness? A giver of agony? If your name is Jabez today, you need to cry to the Lord that I may not cause pain. That I may not cause pain. That I will cause gladness and laughter and joy. We are graced to give life. Why can we give? 1st 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3 to 4. Blessed be the God of and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Do you know what? Everything that God does to us, he wants us to do to other people. He says, God comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. Wow. God comforts us so that we can comfort other people. If you have ever been through any trial in life and you are out of it, I want to tell you something. God wants you to use the same to build people up. Listen to this. All the pains that you overcame, they're your messages to help other people. All the tough times that you were able to get over. You know that challenge you had in your office that nearly caused trouble for you and you came out of it? You should use that to help somebody else when they are in their own mess. You know that attack, that everything that you've been through. Listen to this. Don't sit on it. The deliverance that the Lord has wrought in your life is for you to be able to be a blessing to other people. You want to be a blessing to others. Give life. They must say, comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. How? Are we going to manufacture it? No. From the Lord. It says, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. 
In New Corinthians version, you see the word comforts four times. Say, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort which we ourselves have been comforted by God. Do you have life? If you have life, give it. Do you have peace? Give peace. Do you have joy? Give joy. Whatsoever you do, give to others. Whatever the Lord has blessed you with, give to others. There is nothing God has given to us for only our usage. The knowledge that God has given to you, use it for others. The experience that you have given to others. You know, maybe you've really gone through a law before you got it. But you know what? Don't wait for people to go through so many stuff before you give it. Give life. We live in a word, a dying word. What's the meaning of that? We live in a word where so many people are wounded. Many people are crying. You know, sometimes when things are going on well for people, they forget that it's not going well for everybody. You know, sometimes when things are flying for people, they forget that there are those who are not enjoying the same benefit that they enjoy. And listen to this. The reason you are enjoying what you are enjoying is so that you can bring other people into that enjoyment. Give life. Give life. People around you are weak and tired. What are you doing about it? How many lives have you touched? In the past one week, in the past one month, in the past one year, how many broken hearts have you mended? Or you're only thinking about yourself and thinking, my life is bad enough. I don't have anything to give. That's not true. At every point in your life, you have something to give to someone. At every point in your life, you have something to offer. You can put a smile on someone's face. You can give a life to people and not death. You can, you can make people better. You can make them happy. You have something to give. I want to go to this story because, it, because I read 36 and 37. I will just look at that. I'll show us some things as we begin to, you know, uh, as we enjoy the word of God. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37, very familiar scripture. But I want to show you some things there that are very fundamental in this simple scripture. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. And I'm going to read everything, so just get ready. I'll read from 30, just to, let's keep a bit of them. You know, you know, you know, uh, you know somebody came to Jesus to test the Jesus because he thought he was smart. And wanted to know who your neighbor is and what you should do and so on and so forth. But now... What I want us to do is, I will read from verse 13. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now today I'm not going to explore that. And fell among thieves. Fell among thieves. In other words, you know, some of us who are from some kind of country will understand this very well. <laughs> there are some roots that you can <laughs> can fall among thieves. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. 
you know, there are areas you don't go to, you know. Uh, you know, in this country now, many of us have been in this country for many years, but you are still afraid to go under the bridge or in a tunnel, especially when it's dark because of the memories of your own country. That you don't go in a tunnel in the dark, except you want to have a visitation. So, you, so, 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 so many of us can understand this. You can understand this, that a certain man went down in a particular route from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves and they stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, of course, and they left him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion, praise God. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on him. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was his neighbor who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him, then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Let's just do some, a little bit of, um, you know, study. Now, verse 30, the Bible says, this man this certain man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves. Let me tell you this. That we need to be careful how we quickly complain or disapprove people because life has not been fair to them. We need to be careful how we quickly think that things have worked well for us because we're intelligent, smart, or good. We need to be careful. It's an error of arrogance and pride for any one of us at any time to think that we are in the position we are at now because we're better than some people. Or to think that it's because some people are not smart enough that's why they're going through what they're going through. And many of us are too, are too, are too self-righteous that we're quick to castigate people and to say stuff like, you know what, if you have been praying, that wouldn't have happened to you. No, you were not there. You didn't know how long he prayed. We're quick to quickly think, if you do have faith, that would not have happened to you. Oh, come on, calm down, brother Faith. Let's be careful. For no fault of his that the Bible recorded. And because we don't even know who the guy was. It was just a certain man who was traveling. And uh, some translations called him a traveler or a businessman. So he had some intelligence. And maybe that was not even his first time. And it was not his fault that some people decided to become thieves. Because there are many things that will happen to people in life around you. That, 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 that won't be their fault. It won't be because of a wrong judgment. It won't be. Because you see, because we're interested in explaining everything, we always want to blame people. And somebody would say, why did he go through that place? He should not have known that thieves were there. Now, why are you not thinking about people who have decided to be thieves? There's one adage. 
that says that only thieves and arm robbers complain about where the owner puts his stuff. Because if you're not a thief, I can put my money right on this table. And I'll come back 10 years time to find it there. But if there is a thief, then I need to think about how to keep it well. If there is no thief in the house, you don't need to hide anything. If you trust your wife, trust your children, and no thief is going to break in, if you have a million pounds, you can put it on the dining table. And there's nothing that will happen to your money. But if there are thieves around, even five pounds, you hide it. Where even you, you will forget. Because there are thieves. You see, we need to understand that this man, it wasn't his fault. Why have I said all that? Let's not be too harsh on people when they go through bad times. Let us not become self-righteous. Let us see with the eyes of God. Let us respond with the love of Christ. Praise the Lord. And then verse 31, the Bible says that a priest, a priest came along. And what did he do? This priest, this certain priest came down. Now he has title. This certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed on the other side. This guy is a priest. He doesn't want to get himself dirty. This guy is a priest. He doesn't meddle with the affairs of this world. This guy is a priest. He's too clean to get involved. There are many people who think like that in church. They're too clean to get involved. They're too clean to get involved. No, 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 no. It doesn't concern me. I don't, I, don't, I don't get involved in anything that they have not called me into. And they see somebody dying. They say, no, they've not called me into it. It doesn't concern me. No, 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 no. no. Anybody that wants to die, let them down. They are on. I stay on my own. No, it's wickedness. It's wickedness. To him that know how to do good and do it, it not. To him, it is sin. You can fold it because we live in an environment where that can easily be done. We live in a country where if you're going to the city center now and you see an old woman, 80-year-old, falls. You know what we're going to do? I know what you're going to do because I'm going to do the same. You're quickly going to go on the other side of the road. Let it not be said that you pushed to the woman. And because we live in such structured environment where people are processed not to help, before you know it, it will invade our lives. And we become too holy. You can never become too holy, alright? So there's nothing like that, but you know what I mean. You, you become too self-righteous. You have self-holiness. Where we now think, I'm a priest. I don't get myself dirty. Look at the way he looked. Why did he, what is he going? Where is he even going? Maybe he's even the thief. Now we make a lot of assumptions because we think we are better. Listen to this. You're not. I'm not. We're all the same in the eyes of the living God. The priest, and this is an amazing thing about the priest. Let me just say something. You know who the priest is? What's the office of the priest? The priest is the person that is anointed to stand between man and God. And that's the same person that ran away. Just to also tell you that Titus doesn't solve any problem. It's a heart of men that matters. You can be called a pastor and not be a shepherd. 
Oh, yeah. You can become a deacon and not serve. You can become an elder and leave nobody. Your heart matters more than any title that you have. Because sometimes people become so title crazy. Everywhere. You want to become the MD, become the manager, become everything. But listen to this. Leave the title aside. How is your heart for people? How is your heart for people? This priest anointed for the people. It's the person that is supposed to stand before the people and God. The person that is supposed to be there. No, he was nowhere to be found. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 16 says, But do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Doesn't matter the sacrifice that the priest was going to give to God. This is a well pleasing sacrifice to do good and to share with people. As a priest, he should have known that. But he's probably more wrapped up in offering his lambs and offering his torpedoes and offering all that that he forgot the simplicity of being good to others. Are you too, too, do you think you're too focused on God that you have failed to see the people that God is looking at? And of course, the Levite came. The Levite, those who have inherited, you know, a special place in the house of God. Let's not go deep into that, but it's similar to what the priest is. He came close, but this guy did something a little bit different. At least, he didn't just look and moved away. The Bible says, came, came, looked at him, assessed the situation, weighed the matters up, and told himself, no, and left. How many times do we assess situation and we make wrong judgments? What happened when he came to assess he was his brother? Do you know he would have stayed? Are you with me? What happened when he came close and looked and he assessed the situation and he found out that it was his mom or his sister, his brother? What would have happened? He would have stayed. Because many of us show interest as long as it touches us. But if he doesn't touch us, we take our leave. We leave a word that is extremely selfish. That if there's nothing in it to gain, we never give our best. We need to live beyond doing things that we have assessed with our own human mind to be perfect. We need to stop doing only stuff that we think in our own judgment is right. We need to stop doing stuff that we believe within ourselves is what is good for us or what is a need for us. We need to step beyond that into the will and the desire of God and to ask what is good in the eyes of our Heavenly Father. Might not be good in your own eyes. If it is good in the eyes of God, go for it. The Levite came. He looked, assessed the situation, and they left. What kind of callous heart is that? That you're standing in the presence of a man that is half dead. And you have the audacity and the strength of mind to walk away. I don't know who is better. Maybe the guy that didn't came close probably was better. Because now that you've been there and you see the guy is almost dead. But he's not dead. 
Reminds me of some kind of funny people that when they see half-dead people, they kill them completely so that they can steal from them. Reminds me of the wickedness of, 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 of the followers of David that saw Absalom hanging on the tree and they thought, no, he's not dead. We're going to help his father kill him. David said, why would you do that? You should have lived. Just leave the young boy alone. I didn't ask you to kill him completely for me. Because there are those that if you're dying gently, they leave their end and hoping that you will die quick. And let's forget about it. It's evil. Don't see anybody wallowing in pain and in sorrow and you turn away your bowl of mercy. Don't do it. It's not the spirit that you have. You are graced to give. Grace to give life to people. But you know the story. Let me finish. Then the certain Samaritan came. Oh, wow. I have to come back to it because I can't continue. I can't finish it. The certain Samaritan came. It's, it has no title. And if you think being a Samaritan is a title, is a bad one. Oh, if I explore that. Huh. You, see, you see, it's a bad one. That's why the disciples of Jesus were not expecting Jesus to speak to a Samaritan woman. To, to, if you think to be a Samaritan is a title, it's a really bad title. It's like calling somebody an arm robber. To, to call you a Samaritan is to call you someone who doesn't have God. To call you a Samaritan is to, call, is to signify that you are outside the commonwealth of Israel. It's the enemies of Israel. When the kingdom broke, they saw them as people who don't serve God. And that was why Jesus had that discourse with this woman by the well who was a Samaritan woman. To be a Samaritan, listen to this, is a bad title. But yet... When he came. Look at some said person, it's not your title. It's not what people call you. They can call you good. Are you good? They can call you bad. But are you truly bad? It's not what they call you. It's your heart that matters. And this Samaritan guy came into the situation. He had no worthy title, but he had a good heart. Oh, am I talking to somebody here? Lift up your hand and say, Lord, I have a good heart. I have a good heart. I have the spirit of Christ. To help and to give life. I have the spirit of Christ. To help and to give life. Hallelujah. For those who are writing for about three minutes, I just want to show you some of the things that this guy does right now. And then I will expand on it later on. So if you want to write them. Or just take note. Some of them is already in the scripture. So you might not need to write. I was looking at what this guy did. The Bible said he had compassion on his neighbor. Let me ask you that question. Do you have compassion for your neighbor? It takes a heart of love and the love of God in our heart to have compassion on our neighbor. Especially people you don't know. The whole essence of this parable is to tell the people that you don't need to know them before you help them. If you help, they become your neighbor. The connection is in your heart. That's the whole essence for this. But listen to this. Who is the neighbor? The guy who is from their tribe or the guy who is from their family? No! The guy that showed mercy it's your neighbor. That's what the Bible said. It's a friend that stay closer than a brother. 
who are your neighbors? You have no neighbor if there, are no, if there is nobody that you have shown love and mercy. I repeat, you have no neighbor except those that you have shown compassion. Number two, he moved closer. Do we remove ourselves from people or we get closer? Please don't run away from people. Don't run away from people. Don't run away from them because they have a pain in their life. Don't run away from people because they're going through part time. Don't run away from them because they're poor. Don't run away from them because they don't drive the kind of crowd that you pulled up in. Don't, don't do it. He moved closer. He assessed the situation. And I moved on to number three. He bandaged him. Let me tell you that that is profound. And, and it's a, it's a, let me tell you what it means. He bandaged him. What he did was this. He covered him. What is the meaning of that? He protected him. He covered him. He covered his pain and his hurt. He wrapped it up. He, oh my God. This, this is deep. You see, he, he covered him. Many of us, we even uncover people's pain instead of covering. Somebody says, oh, I'm struggling. Instead of you to say, no, you're not. You say, yes, I know. You always struggle all your life. Someone says, I have a problem with this area of my life. Say, hey, why do you know a problem? You did not pray last night. You did not fast last week. That's why you're having a problem. Are you God? He bandaged him. He covered his hurt and his pain and kept him from infection. He protected him. He safeguarded him. He protected him. Bandaged him. Don't worry, we exploit. Like, let, let me just go on. Let me go on. Um, number four, he poured oil and wine. Ooh. He poured oil and wine. He, you know how to pour oil and wine on people? It's to bring merry happiness to people's life. To pour oil is to soothe in the heart of man. Praise God. It's to soothe in the heart of man. It's to soothe in the heart of man. It's to, it's to soften the heart of man. It's to soothen their heart. That's what it means. He poured oil. Glory to God. Poured oil. There's this song that we used to sing. You know, he says, He's ready now to pour his holy wine and oil. Jesus heals them all. Sometimes when I sing, you make me feel as if I'm very old, but I'm not. You know, he poured oil. Do you pour oil on people or you pour fire? Do you pour? What do you pour? Do you like to soothen people? Ointment. Do you have a balm in your mouth? Or you have arrows and daggers in your mouth? That when you throw words at people, you, you go right to their marrow. Tell them how bad they are and how useless they've been and how rubbish they've been. No. He poured oil and wine. Let me move on. Let me move on. Number five, he sacrificed his time. You cannot live a life without sacrifice. You cannot. Jesus wouldn't have been able to give us life except that he sacrificed himself. The man was going on a business. Do you know that? But he stopped what he was doing. Are you able to stop what you're doing to show me love? Would you stop your own business to show love to somebody? Will you, will you halt yours to attend to an urgent need? Give life. Number six, he offered his possessions. He didn't, he wasn't just a talker. He brought out money. 
he brought out food. I have scriptures for this, but I'm not reading them. But you know, the Bible says, how many of you, what kind of faith do you have? If a brother comes to you and says he's hungry, and say, pee, 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 pee. You know, some of us are just unduly spiritual. Say, in the name of Jesus, you are filled. Ah. The Bible says you have no faith because that faith is completely dead. Twice dead. Completely twice dead. It's dead. It's gone. He said, because that faith has no work in it. Because if your brother comes and he says he's hungry, you don't need no prayer. Just give him money to buy some food. If he says he needs prayer, die, pray. If he says he's hungry and you have money in your pocket, you, you let him eat first before you continue the prayer. What number do you have? Number seven. He was ready to go the extra mile. Do you remember what he did? After he brought him there, he told them, he said, if you have any problem, give me a call. Say, until this man, it's all right. Number eight, he made himself constantly available. He said, until this guy, it's all right. I'm going to stop there. We're going to continue another time. Until this guy is all right. Any bill, put it in my name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, let me make you laugh. This is one of the reasons why you need God to bless you. Because there are lives you can give if you are broke. Maybe one of the reasons delivered and the priest went on the other way is they've thought about it. If I get myself involved, I don't have no hospital money to pay. If I get myself involved, I don't know what to do. I don't know why. Stand on your feet, praise God.